Hello and welcome to the Odds Checker Betting Show, sponsored by Unibet. This is your Grand National Festival at Aintree Day 2 preview. I'm your host, George Ellick, and I'm delighted to be joined by Andy Holding. And we weren't joined by him for Day 1, but for Day 2 and Day 3, Grand National Day, we'll be joined by Johnny Ward as well. Great to have you both with us. Um, we're recording this about an hour before Day 1 racing gets cracking. So forgive us, we can't talk about what we've seen thus far and what we've learned so far. Um, but Andy, from where you're sitting, you know, you mentioned when we recorded the day one preview yesterday, some uncertainty around the weather and the ground. Um, where are we? What does it look like we're going to get for the next three days? Yeah, I was actually, actually up um, by Aintree Racecourse uh, last night, actually the back of Aintree Racecourse, uh, adjacent to the Melling Road. Uh, I wasn't walking the course at half past nine at night. I was actually doing a, an Aintree preview. Um, and as I left the building about half past ten, I feared the worst because it was absolutely torrential. Um, I got absolutely soaked trying to get a latte in, in McDonald's on the way home. Um, <laughs> you can do better than McDonald's latte, can't nah, you? I would have thought, thought, have to, have to, to, be fair, to be fair, it was the only thing that was open. Um, it's just so, a white coffee there, isn't it? But beggars can't be choosers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, it, it did the job anyway. It kept me awake on the way home. Um, and I, Yeah, I did fear the worst, but we've had sort of like blustery wind and the odd squally shower this morning and Looking at the guys on racing TV, um, it's 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 set fair for the day, really. You know, I think it's the sun's out and it's dried it up quite nicely. Uh, good to soft, soft in places on the national course. It certainly isn't a bigger concern for the likes of Banbridge and Nuzrit. Two once, as I mentioned yesterday, if it did go the other way, they might be um, uh, in a little bit of trouble. Uh, and so I just think we have to monitor today to see how it goes. Um, but if it stays as it is, good to soft, soft in places. I think that's just perfect for all to be honest yeah fingers crossed um johnny where, where do you see you know this is always an interesting festival in terms of a lot of people looking to to take on festival form from cheltenham um seeing some also come over from ireland that we didn't see at the festival as well um how do you think this entry week is set yeah as, as a general rule to be honest uh, george i would be wary of back in shortage price favorites who had a hard race at entry one of which i am mm. going to tip um but i i think the the you know the, the weekend we've had in ireland with willie mullins having such dominance um and the fact that he's clearly taken his eye off entry with a few punches down i actually think in some respects that makes um that'll make gordon elliott quite happy i was at gordon's for um an entry launch last weekend and um he has quite a strong team. He's almost sending over everything that he feasibly can um, of his Cheltenham horses. And I, I think in some respects that makes it more interesting. It would make me worry for Punchestown um, in terms of how much of a bit of a one-man one show that will be. But uh, I, I think the, the the big narrative going into Aintree, and it's, I think it's fantastic that we've had so much rain lately because it just makes it so much easier for ground staff. The big narrative is that Willie isn't really targeting it at all. Yeah, interesting. Uh, gives everyone else a bit of a chance uh, if Willie isn't has his eye off the ball uh, when it comes to Aintree. Um, Unibet, our sponsors for this, they're offering more extra place races at Aintree this season than ever before. Uh, there'll be uh, a handicap every day that has extra places and plenty others too. So make sure you check out um, their site for that. And they're also offering money back second uh, or third on at least one race every day. So make sure you visit unibet.co.uk for more details. We'll be talking in terms of Unibet's prices across the card on Friday, starting with the 145, which is the uh, Milbane Novice Chase, where we have, you know, and I'm going to come to you first here, Johnny, a uh, five to six favourite that had a tough race at Cheltenham in Jerry Colomb, just touched off, uh, maybe didn't lose too much in defeat there. 
and punters still gathering in their droves to, to back Jerry Colom here for Gordon Elliott, five to six. Bron is a second favourite at 130, complete unknown 11 to two. Galia de Lito, eight to one. Thomas Darby, 16 to one. And Sherlock Jack is 40 to one. Is this the one you're tipping or is this one you're, you're going to swerve? This is exactly the one. Uh, I, I had my my biggest bet at Cheltenham was on Jerry Colom. Um, and to be honest, I it was kind of one of those bad bad beats that like are bad losses anyway it was it was it was i hadn't really been betting that Cheltenham going into this race which is obviously early on the wednesday and the more i look back on it and there was some sort of criticism of jordan game for it i actually think the real whacker was extremely good on the day and jerry Colom, the ground he made up from the last maybe didn't jump quite as well as the real whacker but he did come under pressure a little bit earlier maybe than i thought and he's a horse that sort of only did enough as was the case at sandown and the expectation that he would improve for the trip for me was borne out. He wasn't really actually getting up in the last. If you look after the line, I'm still not really sure he was actually getting up for uh, to beat the real whacker. But I think the real whacker was exceptionally game. He was optimally ridden. And I thought Jerry Colom lost nothing in defeat. I hope uh, Davy Russell is going into um, the race on a on, in, on a better reign of form than he obviously was at Cheltenham. That would be a small concern. But he obviously holds Braun comfortably on that. Um, I still think he's a really, really good staying type. And... I'm happy to just about back him at the price here. I still think he will win. Jerry Colomb, five to six, just about back up at the price, according to Johnny. Andy, do you agree? Uh, I've watched that race back at the festival uh, many, many times. Um, probably one of the races the festival, certainly the time figures suggested that the real whacker served it up, as he often does, and made sure it was a real good test. Um, and I think everyone, including Johnny, came out of that race thinking probably Jerry Colomb was the best prospect going forward for next season and beyond. And that's to take nothing away from the real whacker, because I think in his own right, he's going to be a Gold Cup horse uh, or certainly a grade one horse of some distinction and repute next season over this side of the Irish Sea. Um, having watched that, like I say, I've watched it a few times. I actually gave Bron more credit the more I've watched that race than I did at first glance. He, he obviously tied on the running, but I think that's partly due to the fact that he was trying to eyeball uh, the real whacker throughout, whereas Jerry Colong had a much easier trip throughout in behind. Um, certainly up there, as soon as they met the hill, there was no doubt that the stamina that Jerry Colombo's got kicked in and uh, allowed him to pull clear of Bron. I certainly bear that in mind. But I do think around this flatter track, now that he's probably almost certain to get an uncontested lead, because I don't see any of the other horses in the race being natural front runners, he could just get into a decent enough rhythm here, Bron, to maybe get one or two of the others at it. And that includes Jerry Colomb, who did hit a few flat spots at Cheltenham at the crucial time in the race. And I think that's what will probably Paul End Town and will try and achieve. I'm not saying he's definitely going to beat Jerry Colomb, but I think if he's ever going to do it, it's going to be around a track like this. And I think that's one of the reasons why Willie Mullins has decided to roll the dice at this meeting with him. He's thinking, well, he's not a puncher's down horse. It's too stiff a track, but you know he's got plenty of tactical speed. I don't mind running him here like he's running Zenta in the first race a speed-based horse. I think that's what he's trying to achieve here this week. So at the prices, I would say seven to two is probably too big for Bron, but I do think six to four in, with the out the favourite market could be a better option because Jerry Colombi is obviously going to be odds on in that, in that win market. Whereas you take him out of the equation, you're looking at Bron, you think, well, that's the best form line. Mm. I can get six to four him. And, you know, he could even beat Jerry Colomb. So you, you, you've got to to uh, safety nets to fall back on there. That's the way I would look at it. I'd, I'd be I'd be more keen on backing Bron at 6-4 with that than I would odds on Jerry Colomb. 
Yeah, that six to four without uh, as a market price. Unibet will come out with their price, I'm sure, between now and, and the opening race uh, about Bron without Jerry Coulomb. Uh, 130 rather than seven to two in the win market as well for Bron. So Bron, the one that, that Andy is siding with, and a couple of ways to do so. But Jerry Coulomb, uh, the fav uh, for Johnny. Uh, on then to the 220, um, <clears throat> where we have the handicap hurdle. Um, with uh, Camprond is the six to one favourite ahead of No Ordinary Joe at eight to one, uh, Buddy one nine to one, Captain Combi ten to one, as is uh, Darjani and Fenner Cross eleven to one, Jungle Jack good risk at all and Playful Saint both twelve to one, uh, fourteen to one bar those Andy. Yeah, my dog has just popped his head round the door. Um, just wondering if he can come and help me um, find the winner of this race. I don't know. I don't know if there's a dog related. Um, is he called uh, Joe? He's called he's called <laughs> Mac. He's called Mac. So um, I don't uh, think there's a Mac in this race. Is there a Mac? There's not. Obviously, Tony McCoy's not riding anymore. No, no. Anyway, let, let's get uh, back onto more <laughs> sensible matters. Um, Campron starts with Cam, which is Mac backwards. Oh goodness me, that's that's amazing. And a lot of people that will side with uh, Campron because the ground went against him not for the first time in the Coral Cup, but once again he showed that he's in blinding good form by finishing third on ground that he absolutely detested. Uh, so he's going to be a very popular choice. I won't put you off him if you fancy him, albeit he's only six to one-ish. Um, the one I really like here uh, with the capital R is um, Dargiani. Um, Harry Durham has made a really good start to his training career, as you're probably all well aware of. And I think we're going to be hearing big things of him as time goes on. He's got that sort of feel to to him, and similar to what Dan Skelton had when he started to progress through the ranks and get better horses. And this could be a real breakthrough moment for Harry. Uh, he's acquired this horse off Harry Whittington. Now, Harry got him off Paul Nichols, um, and they thought at the time he was going to be at least a graded horse. Didn't quite materialise with Harry. He had one or two issues along the way. I think he had ulcers and, and a few other internal issues that, um, that that couldn't quite get ironed out. But Harry Durham seems to have found the key to him. He bolted up at Utoxa the two runs ago. He beat a horse called West of the Bridge, who went to the Sandown next time out, and he uh, destroyed a really good field. And Go Dante was fifth that day. He's won a couple of races subsequently. And Dargiani... Um, not only did he win at Newbury next time out and back up that run at Utoxida, he did it despite almost getting brought down at the second. Uh, one of Evan Williams's fell right directly in front of him. He almost legs got completely skittled from underneath him. And yet he still kept his poise and got back into the race on the bridle and ran away from a decent field. I massively upgraded that run. He only went up £7, but I, I thought he was massive value for a lot more than that. I think, put it this way, if he hadn't have got interfered with so badly, he would have won without coming off the bridle. Uh, and I think he would have gone up more than seven. So I think he's off a mark of 138. Now Harry's probably getting him to the kind of horse they originally thought he was going to be in the first place, i.e. Uh, a grade three horse at the very least. He could be very well handicapped here. He, he's got a cruising speed to die for, and um, he's got tons of scope. So he seems to be coming in here, into this race in good in good heart, like a lot of Harry Durham's horses are. And at 10 to 1, I think he's a reasonably good each-way bet with, um, with the only bet. Unibet, yeah, fifth of five places as well for this one. Uh, Darjanini, 10 to 1, uh, the one for Andy. Uh, Johnny, how do you see this? Yeah, I think that, you know, you do need the five places. Uh, no Ordinary Joe and uh, my selection, um, Buddy One clashing again. And I, I have to say, like, it looked fairly uh, optimistic for Buddy One to be going over to Cheltenham to be running in um, the Martin Pipe. He'd had six starts in his entire career. He was only a six-year-old and he'd gone up from a mark of 102, his Irish mark, um, to 131 when he was running at Cheltenham, um, and he was he was sent off 28 to one. You might think 28 to one is a huge price, but it was a 21 runner race, 
he absolutely cantered through the race. He went 1.6, I think, in the run. Um, and then he was done by a horse, obviously, touched over 200s in run that we'll, we'll talk about in due course. But I thought I thought Jack Gilligan, for me, is a really, really good claimer as well. He's done very well, and he's still claiming seven. And there were three and three, three and a quarter lengths clear at third. He, no ordinary Joe, and Oroko. No ordinary Joe, obviously, reopposed. I thought that was a really, really good run in the Martin Pipe. Um the, the Campron, Campron's gone up five pounds for his run. Buddy One's gone up four pounds. It's not really an issue. And you got to look at what happened after last. He was all over the, the run in when he probably should have won the race. He sort of started hanging badly left. I think at the end he started hanging right. He was probably a bit tired. But if you iron that out, it's only his it's his eighth career start, eighth career start. And I think he's, you know, he's going to go off around about nine or ten to one. Um, I think he's quite solid. It's obviously really competitive, but he's quite a straightforward horse. I think he'll be up at the pace, stay out of trouble and go very well. Buddy one, nine to one, uh, best price. So two there, nine to one, ten to one from the guys. Buddy one and Dargianini, um against maybe the bigger hitters in terms of the, the training ranks in that one. Uh, and to the 2.55 now, uh, the third race on the card where we've got the uh, top novice hurdle um, where uh, Founder 50 is the 130 favourite um, ahead of Lucia, of course, after that disappointing run. Had Cheltenham, many people's kind of nap of the week, um, but didn't run up to standard at all. A seven or two in the pocket, four to one. Uh, Alto Belly, nine to one. Hunback, uh, nine to one. Twelve to one are those. And Andy, you're our, our uh, novice hurdle uh, man. Uh, who stands out for you here? Well, I think the standout piece of form is is the one that um, was achieved by in the pocket in the Supreme. The Supreme is a very good Supreme this year. All the right horses fought out the finish. We saw a good winner in uh, Marine National. The time figure was on par with the champion hurdle. The sex, the sectionals were on par with Constitution Hill. Um, so I think we, it, it's 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 wise to take a really strong view over it. It's just whether, of course, in the pocket can back up that run only sort of thirty odd days after. And I think that's the the, the big debate that rages when we look at races like this, in particular this one, I think this is the one that is going to polarise opinion more than any race on this card because you've got half of the field that's ran at Cheltenham and half the field which have been saved fresh from different angles. You've got Founder 50, obviously, has been a, a, a decent um, find over in Ireland, beat Corbett's, 52nd of Corbett's Cross last time out. And then you've got a couple of horses that have been saved for this race, specifically having missed Cheltenham in, in the shape of Altabelli and, and Hullenbach. And, I'm probably going to throw a couple of darts at those two because I, th- I think the freshness angle is definitely worth considering, um, particularly when both horses could have gone to the festival. I know Hollenbach was entered in the Supreme until the last um, declaration stage when uh, discretion was very much the best part of Valor with, with his set of connections. Um, and I think the fact that they've kept their powder dry um, is, is got to be, has got to be some sort of advantage. He's looked really good on his last two runs. He beat Namir Line two runs ago at Haydock, around a similar track to Aintree, obviously sharp left-handed track, so we know he handles that. And obviously in a million lines won since, he won a grade two at Kelso, um, beating a good field that day. And, you know, he, he, he sauntered a victory last time out at Warwick and we didn't really learn a great deal more, but um, it kept him ticking along. We know, we know his well-being is still maintained and, and I think he's probably better than the market suggests. And Alta Belli was a horse I put up at the start of the season, if you recall. You probably don't, but um, I'll, I'll remind you that he was one of my five to follow. Um, mm. I expected him to be in grade company sooner rather than he, he is uh, at, the, at the moment, but I think that's just down to Harry Fry's patience. Um, he won by 25 lengths last time at Carlisle, but his time figure, even though he's eased down in the final half mile, was absolutely sensational, um, suggesting that he's definitely a group a graded horse in the making. And this is his acid test. I think the biggest compliment or the biggest hint that you could find 
with Altabelli running in this race is that he won over two and a half last time at Carlisle and he was entered in the two and a half mile on Saturday and yet Connections feel as though he's probably got enough speed to cope with this kind of company over, over the minimum trip here at Aintree. So if Harry Fry thinks he's a two miler, that's good enough for me. And again, I think he's definitely worth a look as well. So that's the way I'm playing it. I'm not necessarily avoiding the Cheltenham form, but I am going with two horses that come in here fresh, safe specifically for this meeting, who have done two big uh, time figures recently. Uh, and I think the best is yet to come from either Altabelli or Hollenbach. Both nine to one, uh, Altabelli and Hollenbach there. Um, Unibet paying extra place here as well, a fifth to four. Uh, Johnny? I love this race. You might remember as well, Andy Hollenbach won a blinder in the bumper here at this festival last he year. He did, yeah. Yeah, I forgot to um, point that out. Yeah, yeah, good chance. No concern with the course, and I, I I love this race. I have to say, you just I think the fact that we've only really gotten the the one main runner from the Supreme is good because, and again, William Mullins doesn't really have um, an influence in it, so it's it's really really open. Um, I have to say, I do like Founder Fifty. Um, Gordon was very sweet in this horse at his open day, and. Just looking back to the maiden hurdle that he won, he beat Parminian by nine and a half lengths with Tagman 15 lengths further back. So 34 lengths between them at Fairy House um, and absolutely demolished in the field bar Parminian, who he beat by nearly 10 lengths. Um, he's by, he's really weird, this horse. He's by Solskjaer, who's a Danehill half-brother to Yates. And from my research, this horse has had no runners whatsoever to win on the track, apart from uh, this lad, Flatter National Hunt. He said very few runners on the ground, uh, Solskjaer. I, I've no idea what happened to him as a stallion, but he obviously can get good horses because this lad was then sent off favour to, be, to beat Corbett's Cross. I know it was over two miles at Nays, but Corbett's Cross obviously well, possibly could have won the Albert Bartlett. Um, there were 16 lengths clear at third in that race. He's Again, he's very lightly raced this horse. He's loads of speed. He's going to be, according to Gordon, a really exciting chase for next season. I put him up on the odd checker, kind of anti-post piece or, or generally entry piece. I think he was five to one at the time. He's coming to seven to two now, um, but I, I do, I do like him. I think he's going to run a blinder. He's only going to get better, and he travels really well in his races. Well, he's loads of class and fascinating races. I think they're betting as well, like with so many likely race horses. Two Andy mentioned around about nine to one. Um, you know, really stepped into the big league. It's it's going to be fascinating. I would be probably um, happy to take on in the pocket. Um, if you look back at Nace when he was when he just touched off three card brag, three card brag wouldn't be in the same league as his stable mate. I think found a fifty, and I just feel like he's beaten by Ilete Toms and in the Supreme as well. I think he's probably a little bit vulnerable now to something that's unexposed. Found a fifty, hundred to thirty there. Positive mention from Johnny and taking on in the pocket four to one, as we say with that Supreme form that Andy. Uh, is pretty keen to side with, although uh, not here. We're taking two horses that come here fresh. Uh, on to the 3.50, sorry, the 3.30, I should say, the Marsh Chase, where Fakir Duderis is the, <clears throat> well, we've got joint 85 to 40 favourites. That is a price made for a decimal, but I am not a decimal man, so there we go. Fakir Duderi and Pic Dorhi, the two joint favourites there. <clears throat> Hitman, 5 to 1. French Dynamite, 8 to 1. Fugitive, 10 to 1 alongside Miller's Bank and Manella Drama 25 to 1. Seven runners here, frustratingly, for the each way players. Um, but yeah, uh, two at the top end of the market. Johnny, do you think the market's got this right as it is at the moment? Yeah, like it, it's hard to be that confident about Fakir Dudaris. In the race last year, he smashed Hitman. He was sent off 10 to 11 favourite. So Royale was third, so it, it wasn't a particularly bad renewal of the race. Um, but you'd have to say they're probably more kind of contenders here. The proviso with him is that they're trying cheap pieces on the back of two on the face of it. 
rather underwhelming performances. You know, he was lucky to win at Thurles, albeit he holds French dynamite on that. And he was smashed by by Shishkin and Ascot. I'm kind of prepared to forgive him that. He obviously um, skipped Cheltenham in that regard. He's he's a far, far bigger price than he was in the race last year. And maybe what he performed in the race last year, Andy will tell you more, would be good enough here. Um, so I'm probably at the price as well and just about to chance him. Um, but it's not a race we're getting heavily involved in. Andy, how about, how about yourself? How do you see it? Yeah, the, the weather's going to determine whether I have a good crack at one in this race or not. I'm, I might still end up backing the horse I'm going to mention. Uh, but like I say, um, next 24 hours are going to be key for the chance of Fugitive, who will operate on good to soft ground because um, he does like a bit of gear. But the softer the ground, the better his chances, uh, as he proved at the festival. And he ran a career best for me when he finished second in, in the, um, the plate behind Seddon. It's a day where mm. you needed to race handily that um, new track is always the same um, prominent races obviously d- usually dominate uh, proceedings there and, and Seddon was always handy in second whereas Fugitive was mid mid division towards the rear going out on the final circuit and it's his final circuit time which leads me to believe that he's definitely a graded horse because if you compare his final circuit numbers to, to Hitman he actually comes out better now Hitman's chalked up four to one here and he's a proven horse at this level so it suggests to me that Fugitive's at least he's uh, of of hitman's qualities um but uh, yeah he does probably prefer a little bit more digging the ground maybe the, what he might get Pake Duda is i've always been a big fan of him but it's not totally convinced by him so far this season even though he's shown a fair level of form but he got brushed aside rather readily at ascot last time out he's lucky the time before when the horse of willies fell at the um the last uh hoot on killor um there just hasn't seemed to be the same spark with him and I'm definitely going to watch the first two races um, as we speak today at Aintra to see how the two Joseph O'Brien horses going, Badbridge and uh, Nuzrit, because he's only had one win in his last 30-odd runners, Joseph. Um, the, the stable, like I say, just under a little bit of a cloud at the moment, as far as I could see. Um, Pictore, he bombed out here at, on his only run at Aintree, and he's a better horse going right-handed. He certainly likes a flat track, we know that, with his run behind um, Shiskin last time out, but all his best form seems to be going, go, going around the other way. So given that Fakir Duderis and, and Pictori take out huge chunks of the market with, with doubts over their uh, overall form, like I say, it could be up for a little bit of a surprise. So I'll stick with Fugitive, but um, it's, it's rather put in, in pencil with me rather than um, um, ink. And So just, just to be clear for the listeners and viewers, what would you want between now and say 9am tomorrow morning to, to get that pen out and stick it down. And just some... don't want it to dry up. I mean, I've looked at okay. the weather map. There is rain forecast at Aintree tomorrow, more predominantly lunchtime onwards. So it's going to be one of those ones where you're going to have to wait. You're going to have to be patient. You don't have to dive in. I don't think his price is going to try and change too much, but those squally showers, which are bubbling up tomorrow in the afternoon, particularly in the, in the Aintree area, that will determine whether he's a proper confident bet or just a, not in a token bet, because I, I never bet anything as a token bet, but um, I, I'd, I'd, be, I'd be seriously, you know, contemplating a decent wage on him if, if it changed the other way and went soft. Nine, uh, sorry, 10 to 1 fugitive is at this stage, as I say, seven runners. So be careful before you place for each way bet because you will just get the two places. Um, on then to the 405, it is, of course, the Topham um, where Yes, Gilly is the eight to one favourite of Ashtown Lad at nine to one. Final Lord is ten to one. Al Dancer and Il Ridotto at Horton Colour and Burrow Saint all twelve to one. Upping the ante fourteens, Equus Dancer sixteen to one, eighteen to one. Bar those, Unibet currently playing paying 
six places, a fifth to six for this one. Andy, who do you fancy in the top? Yeah, I'll just keep this fairly straight uh, forward or straightforward in theory anyway. Um, I put up late night pass in the uh, in the Aintree Fox Hunters as we speak today and I'm hoping he'll go well based on the fact that he's run well in that race on the last two years and I, I, I'm, I'm a big advocate for horses that have been over the track before and obviously been targeted this race again always waning won it three years on the spin for instance um, the horse of Joe Tizard's won it back to back didn't he ultra gold recently so I'm just going to stick with Jiskeel and, and, and Al Dancer uh, they fought mm. out the finish of the Sefton early on in the season uh, Al Dancer just coming out the, the better of the two and they've been saved specifically for this race obviously Al Dancer hasn't run since but that, that doesn't bother me because um, he won for fresh first time up this year and we know that Sam Thomas has done really well with his chaser this year as uh, our power proved when he won the Kempton race not so long ago and we know that also uh, Oliver Greenall um, his horses have taken their game to a new level courtesy of Rocco in the boys race so it's fairly straightforward he's unoriginal but eight to one for Jess Gale, six places, uh, 10 to one for Al Dancer. Surely to God, one of those will be in the first six with a clear round. And you never know, the Jack might come up with one of them getting the heading from. Yeah, eight to one and 10 to one, those two. Um, you know, I, I think you say it's not exciting, but two pretty decent prices. No, it's, it's, not, it's not rocket science, but it slips of the imagination. If, but... you, if you hit the winner and get a place, we're, we're happy with that. Um, yeah. Johnny? Yeah, similar mind. I'm going to go with Jess Keel here and obviously shown the, the time after how much he loves Aintree. I imagine he's been prepped for this and I'm, I'm going to be briefing this as well. Batsio was second in the race last year. He ran an absolute blinder and he didn't run particularly well on his comeback run, but I imagine that was an absolute means to an end for Ted Walsh um, with his in team and he's a big, big price as well with six places. So um, I'll go with Jess Keel and uh, Batsio for two against the field. Yeah, so both uh, the guys just killed there, uh, eight to one, and um, Batsio sixteen to one as it is now. So quick selections there in the top, and two more to preview on the card uh, on Friday at Aintree. Uh, we have the uh, Sefton Novices Hurdle next up, where um, Stay Away Faye is the eleven to four favourite ahead of Absolute Notions at three to one. Iroko eleven to two, Maximilian eleven to two, Grey Dawning nine to one, Apple Away ten to one, uh, Blackenstop twelve to one, eighteen to one. Bar those. And Johnny, this is an occasion where you've got a couple of Chatham Festival heroes returning after what must have been a pretty exerting time at Presbury Park. W- what's your view in terms of, of how the market looks here? Certainly exerting if you're the layer of Rocco at over 200 to 1 as he dropped yeah. the <laughs> drop out of the places almost in the last. Yeah. Really incredible watching it back. Um, and just listen to the lads afterwards, reference there by Andy, that um, whoever the quote was from was like, he doesn't really show us much at home. Um, but I thought Aiden Kelly was brilliant on him because it was a question of kind of waiting for that um, spurt up the hill. Now, He's a little bit flattered in the sense that Buddy One was kind of drifting all over the track, but um, it was a fair old burst of pace from the last, and it's a fairly simplistic view of things, but I mean, you're looking at that and thinking if they can keep him kind of swinging along over three miles, he's still a bit of a blank canvas. Um, I think he's fascinating here, and I'm happy to take a chance at the prices. I actually think that Stay Away Faye, you know, the they got the lining of the track probably a little bit wrong in the Albert Bartlett and Corbett's Cross and Lucky. I think it took a little bit away from Stay Away Fag, who was so inexperienced going into the race and he was sent off 18 to 1. But I kind of think he would have won anyway. For me, he looked like he was staying on plenty up the hill. Um, and I, I definitely give him a chance. Also, absolute notions. 
I don't think good land ran his race at Cheltenham, so that's, and we'd obviously cool survivors let the form down as well. Um, so maybe you're looking at that Leopardstown race, the Dublin Racing Festival, um, and saying that uh, Deep Cave didn't run well as well. You're looking at form being let down, but I think absolute notions um, is coming here very, very fresh. He's obviously, I think that's definitely going to improve for the trip as well. Um, there are three really fascinating runners for me, but I'm going to go with Oroko at the prices. He's only a five-year-old. Mm. I think he will love the trip, and I just love the way he finished the race at Cheltenham. Hiroko, 11-2 to two to double up on that win at Cheltenham here at Aintree. Uh, Andy? Yeah, my view with Hiroko is that the, the triple definitely playing two strengths. He just doesn't want to hit that flat spot like he did at Cheltenham. Uh, as Johnny's pointed out, he, he looked as though he was he was floundering um, mm. two outs. And it was that long run to the last, which definitely played into his strengths. A little bit tight to hear for room. It might not give him the same luxury. Um, so that'd be my only concern with him. Look, I'm going to keep this, again, as, fair, as simple as I possibly can. Um, I'm going back to the River Don form at, at Doncaster. Um, we saw Stayway Faye advertise the credentials that grade two on Town Moor with his victory in the uh, the uh, Albert Bartlett. I don't think there's anything fluky about his performance at Cheltenham. And the horse that beat him fair and square on the day, to, m- to my eyes, was Maximilian. Straight away after that race, uh, all eyes turned to something like the Albert Bartlett, but Donna McCain battered it away. So now we're going to wait for Aintree. Um, probably citing the fact that he wants a sharper track or he wants predominantly better ground. And if the drain does keep away, um, then he's definitely got bright prospects of going very close. I just don't see anything wrong with his profile. Since he had a wind operation, obviously he's been very good. And he's run top before that. It was a good run in a grade two at Sandown on, on softest ground beyond Henry II. It certainly wasn't uh, any um, harm in, in finishing third to a good horse like that. Um, so, yeah, he, he looks... Fairly solid to me at 11 to 2. And the other one to mention is also finished third in the River Don. He's a massive prize here. A hurricane Bay, I can't understand it. He was on the sharp end all the way 40 through. 40 to that. 1. Yeah, he's 40 to 1. He's, he's, he's just crazy price. Um, like I say, if you go back and watch that Donny race, he was on the sharp end all the way through that race. He was trying to chase that thing of um, Patrick Neville's that went off in front. And I can't believe he hung in there as far as much as he did. And yet he was still coming back on the running. I mean, he, he actually fought out the finish with those two good horses. He subsequently won as he should have done next time out. Um, he's had a nice little break since then, 51 days. Miss Cheltenham. Answers on a postcode why he's 50 to 1. I, I, I can't, or 40 to 1. I can't, I can't quite get my head around that. So I'm playing the two against the field. Maximilian, strong each way at 11 to 2, four places. And definitely, definitely not going to leave Hurricane Bay alone at that price either. Yeah, Hurricane Bay, 40 to 1 uh, there. Four places, as Andy says, you knew it, are paying. Uh, Maximilian, 11 to 2. And on to the last race on the card on Friday. Um, it is the conditional race. Uh, so, the, yeah, the Amateur Riders Handicap Hurdle, where we have got uh, Go Dante is the 7-1 favourite um, with uh, Nibiru. And you can have to help me with the pronunciation for this one, Johnny. Goth Chuil uh, at 8-1. to one. Um, Paramount is 17-2. Uh, JPR 1, 17-2. 10-1, to one, Knickerbocker Glory and Densworth. Glan eleven to one, Washington eleven to one. Uh, Unibet paying five places here. Um, open as you'd expect, Johnny. Uh, can you uh, give us your fancies in the lucky last? Yeah, it's uh, pronunciation is Guiqul. Um, not entirely sure what Qul wins. Gui is wind, so it's like a gust of wind. Um, something or other. But uh, a horse by Harzand, who's obviously improved a lot. Um, I remember laying this horse to place uh, at Tremor. Um, when it only won, and um, thinking that it wouldn't stay the two five, but it's it's actually improved for the trip, and it 
sub Markley and grade here. Just one horse to mention here. I, I did find this difficult. Like English handicappers wouldn't necessarily be, um, you know, my thing. Um, but Glan is a horse that I, I find absolutely perplexing because when she won at Fairy House round about this time last year, she was sent off four to one uh, subsequently um, at Punchdown behind Felix Deji um, in a 17-runner race um, when she looked like she was traveling well and an accident befell her. The next day, then, she was sent off 8-1 to one at Killarney, which meant absolutely no sense whatsoever. She was effectively running in a weaker race, um, and she'd come there on the back of a win and, and an incident that shouldn't have had any harm. She was desperately weak in the betting, and she was beaten 68 lengths. Since she, since she rocked up in the Galway hurdle, was 33-1 to one and was an eye-catching fourth, and then she rocked up at list. I definitely think off this mark, and I, I'm willing to just literally back her win here because she's run off 134. If you look at her performance when she won at Fairy House this time last year, off an Irish 123, the way she she really won with plenty in hand that day, I'm willing to give her one more chance. I'm fascinated that Gordon comes over here, not going to back her each way because she seems to have six ways of running. But if she's the one way of running here, I think she's definitely well handicapped, and that man Aidan Kelly in the saddle. 11 to 1, Glan is at uh, this moment there for Johnny, a win only bet in the last. Andy? Yeah, probably my, my weakest race of the day regards strong views. Uh, certainly respect Johnny's pick, Glenn. I could see why he's gone He's gone for her. She's she's definitely a, a talented mare when she's on song. Um, just a little bit of a word for Ben Pawling's horse in this race, Densworth. Good for Palamine. Ollie Alton uh, owns this horse. He owns Bangers and Cash as well. They've had a real good season with their with their horses in these colours. And he's been targeted at this race um, for quite some time, obviously, with um, the belief or the, the hope that Luca Morgan can ride and Luca's... Uh, taking the ride off off a mark 124. Uh, he ties in with Hurricane Bay, funny enough. He ran against Hurricane Bay two runs ago, uh, over two and a half miles. He just got outstayed by Lucy Wadham's horse. So if Hurricane Bay runs well in the previous race, like I predict he will, then that's definitely a form line boosted. And they dropped him back to two miles last time out. Uh, he was in full command when his main market rival, Gitche Gimme, fell at the last. Um, and Gitche Gimme had run well the time before behind uh, Hollenbach. So he's been running against horses who know the time of day and have been running in graded races um, or got collateral form in graded races. And I think he's quite well treated. Um, he'll, he'll handle the ground, he'll handle the track, um, but obviously you need a lot of luck in running. And whether he's good enough and there's better handicapped horses, I wouldn't know. But hopefully Densworth will give uh, his uh, connections a good spin. Densworth, 10 to 1, Andy selection there. So 10 to 1, Densworth, 11 to 1, Glan in the last. Um, that brings our Friday preview to a close. We're about to record Saturday preview, including the Grand National, uh, in just a second. So make sure you go over and check out the Odds Checker YouTube channel. Subscribe there and you can find all of our Odds Checker betting shows there. And uh, thank you to our sponsors, Unibet, um, as ever, for their support. Make sure you go and check out unibet.co.uk now, where you can find the extra place races, more of those this uh, entry than ever before uh, every handicap race and others there too and money back uh, if your horse finishes second or third on at least one race every day so do go and check that out thank you to andy and to johnny uh, hopefully a couple of winners in there uh, enjoy the racing and uh, please do ensure that you gamble responsibly